Hey, welcome everybody. I'm your host, Felipe Melicio. This is the Total Basis Podcast. With me is my co-host, Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you doing? I am great. Uh, one round, oh, a very wild, wild card round this year. Uh, really stood up to the name, only three game series. Going to do a little bit of recap around one and uh, previewing what round two has for us, as well as, you know, swallowing some crow on our uh, on our predictions. I got a couple right, yeah. and I was proud of that, but uh, I also you know got a few very, very wrong. <laughs> we, we go really hard on these predictions, and we, we spit that. We spit out these predictions, and then we swallow hard on these predictions. If I could use a dong city innuendo there. <laughs> Uh, as uh, for those who were listening to me on Monday night with Vince and Henry, I made my predictions very bold. I mean, I am using bold font. If, if you guys can see the uh, the screen that I'm sharing here, uh, but um, you know, there's a more wrong than right, but that's okay. I've been more right than wrong before in the past. It's just a bad year, very unpredictable year. Um, hey, I got 50%. I'll take 50% right yeah, now. I, I, I'll, <laughs> You know, I, I still got my Dodgers and the Padres still still alive. Unfortunately, they're gonna beat the crap out of me. <laughs> so you're gonna lose one of them. One, one of them, yeah. Well, I predicted on Dong City that they would that this series would go five games, I, but you know that was before I found out about all the pitching injuries that the Padres had. So I don't know anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so but, if that's if that series goes five games, I think things are not going well for the Padres. They're gonna. I mean, in Game Three, they interviewed Jace Tingler and they said, "Who's starting for you tomorrow for Game Three? And he said, honestly, I don't know, and it's going to be a long night. And, of course, they go and they use, what, like nine pitchers for the entire game and beating the Cardinals in that crazy, crazy game. They might not have a choice, but let's get to it. But I just wanted to point out, because people were making fun of me, because I, I didn't, you know, I made some, like I said, some bold predictions, some bold declarations. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like I tell people, yeah, I've been doing this since 2013, Sean. I remember when, in 2013, that was my first uh, playoff series that I got to cover for xnsports.com and I think I got every series correct except for one and I can't remember which one I got wrong and nobody was celebrating right I go on this fucking show sorry for the swing but I go on this show and make the the, the you know the, these predictions and everybody's all over me <laughs> like hey come you know what I just want to point out that here at Total Basis Podcast we don't run away and hide and cower we, we're here for you, man. You, you want to call us out for all our wrong predictions? Here we Go are. Go for it. Go for but, it. No, no, no not, not just yet. I want to make sure that people understand that we also celebrate our our, tri- our triumphs and, you know, redemptions. Sean over here warned you about Glabar Torres. <laughs> all right? And, 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 and all sorts of – I mean, this is a show that we're, we have to make declarations and proclamations. So we're – and sometimes I don't remember what predictions I made. I, the one prediction I hang my hat on for this year was I told you guys about Kevin Gossman when no one believed me about Kevin Gossman. So, but we like to, you know, the it's the wrongs that get pointed out more often than the rights. So just like uh, I think Vince put it very nicely on, on one of his uh, rants in the Baseball Life group. By the way, we are live on the Baseball Life Facebook group. Uh, if you're listening to it on audio only or on YouTube, if you want to catch us live and and uh, join the fun, meet us every Sunday morning uh, on Facebook at the, at the Baseball Live Facebook group. But what I was saying was, you know, if you want to tell us how wrong we are, we would appreciate if you tell us how many times we were right and how many times we helped you uh, in your fantasy baseball leagues. Remember who told you about Trevor and Rosenthal? When everybody was giving up on Trevor Rosenthal because he got traded to the Padres. Now, we were wrong about Josh Stoutman, but you know what that is, Sean? That's just good process, poor results. 
we can't do anything about the Royals, man. The Royals yeah, are going to We can't make them use Stalman as the closer. But guess what? I have a solid feeling he'll be their closer next year. <laughs> you can't throw that hard with that nasty of stuff and not be a closer. So consider a lot of my eggs still in the Josh Stalman uh, basket. Yeah. I mean, again, opportunity will always be a factor. But, I mean – Ultimately, what we believe in is that talent always wins out, you know? Yeah. So, what? and then besides, you know the Royals are going to trade all their bullpen pieces anyway. Like Greg Holland. <laughs> I don't know if Greg Holland's going to come back or not. I, I don't I don't know his contract situation. But if Greg Holland does come back, you know damn well he's going to get traded again to a contender. And then we'll be up in the air, you know, figuring out, trying to figure out who's going to be the closer for – is Holland going to be the closer for the new team he gets traded to? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, and I mean, dude, how proud could I? Could you imagine me being when I see that Trevor Rosenthal struck out the side in Game Three of the uh, of the uh, Wild Card game against the Cardinals uh, on Friday night? I believe. I mean, this he is definitely why... made it. He definitely definitely made it a nail biter in Game Two when he gave up yeah, a, I know what, he the did. one run. Oh my! I mean, he go. It was out there throwing one o two, but it was like no clue where it was going. <laughs> no, and and and. and I almost say crow for that, but then he totally redeemed himself. I mean, I think he pitched all three games, right? Uh, I'm not sure if he pitched game one. I know he pitched game two and three. I could have seen like every San Diego Padre pitcher pitched at least twice in that uh, series, I feel like. Well, let's get to it, man. Uh, so uh, we both predicted the Rays over the Blue Jays, obviously, so we can hang our hat on that one. Yes. We both got the Indians wrong, unfortunately. Yeah, that one, uh, I, I was a little shocked, but it seemed like the Indians just kept giving it away. And, I mean, kudos to the Yankees to keep plugging away, but after the Indians gave up the Grand Slam to Gio Urshela, which uh, I believe you uh, hinted to me that we're going to look at some uh, win probability added, some yes. some, whippa, some whippa later, and I want to say Gio Urshela might be close to the top of that Grand Slam. I wonder how much that changed the win probability in that game. But still, the Indians came back, and when they mm-hmm. came back, I said, oh, my God, they did it. They're going to win mm-hmm. and uh, force the game three, which I think if they force game three, I like their chances. But – they go and, you know, Brad Hand just gets the yips, loads the bases in the ninth inning. And I was at work and I was walking through the break room and I see the bases loaded with nobody out. And I'm like, well, there goes my Indians prediction. <laughs> I, I had the Indians of the World Series and they're about to get bounced right now. Yeah, there, there we are. We're the two dopes who believe in the Indians going to the World <laughs> Series and we should have known better. Uh, really quick about this. Uh, last, week's, last week's show when I was going solo, I, I did was kind of fearful. I think I did pick the Yankees to go to the World Series, uh, it, but you know I had the brackets all effed up. You know I, I didn't have them down correctly. So, but even then, with the incorrect brackets, I still was kind of worried about the Yankees because it seems like they were all coming back healthy. And if you look at that lineup, man, that's a superstar lineup that could smash and mash and crash and just demolish the ball and. They, now they have a, a legit ace in Garrett Cole. and yeah. uh, I mean, if, if Stanton and Judge can be on the field at the same time without, you know, shattering a glass hamstring or a glass yeah. calf, I mean, they have a le- legitimate chance. I mean, Giancarlo Stanton, when he's on the field for the last two years, has been a great hitter. But the yeah. thing is, he's not on the field. 
but um, that would be a hell of a redemption story if, like, you know, Giancarlo Stanton goes out there in the World Series and hits, like, four home runs. Like, that would be awesome. I would be happy. And he's going to come back next year uh, because – Of uh, course. Nope. Uh, I'm not getting away from that contract. I was listening to Rates and Barrels over at The Athletic. It's yeah. uh, Eno Saris's and Derek Van Ripper's podcast. And Eno Saris made the bold prediction that not one player who can opt out is going to opt out this offseason. <laughs> and can you blame them? J.D. Martinez is not going anywhere. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton is not going anywhere. I think that's a pretty bold but also very true with how the free agent market has been and coming off, you know, post-COVID, I think some owners are going to be a little sheepish when it comes to spending money. Um, if somebody can opt out, I don't think they will. Yeah, these are uncertain times, but those contracts are as are, are as ironclad as they can be at this point. So, no, take your money and, and live to fight another day when all this goes away. And those owners are obligated to pay those contracts. I know there's off clauses. I know that owners can get out and, I mean, I work in contracts myself on a regular basis, and yeah, there, you'd be surprised how many, how uh, non-ironclad actually these contracts can be, because for whatever reason, there there are escape clauses. But but uh, you know, we this isn't the NFL, is what I'm trying to say. You know, they, they can, you just can't get out of it, like yeah, really nilly. But anyway, uh, no, we we it sucked for the Indians. Um, but this is the last time I'm I'm going to go with the pitching and defense. Uh, theory that many people always give me i've been trying to avoid that for years for some reason i thought a wacky season like this one uh pitching and defense might prevail and it didn't because the indians just don't like like i mentioned last weekend there's a lot of holes in their lineup outside of jose ramirez and francisco Lindor, and they got exposed yeah i, I mean the it's fact that jordan luplo who really had a down year you know known as the lefty masher I, I thought it was insane that you know he gets brought into that game late to face the lefty, even though Britain's already faced three and can be pulled from the game. And Britain was subsequently pulled from the game. And Jordan Luplo, who's basically a can of cold water against right-handed pitchers, ends up hitting that clutch double. I mean, yep. made Sandy Alomar uh, look like a genius. <laughs> but um, then later in the game, if you ever have Austin Hedges pinch hitting, or if you are the player that Austin Hedges pinch hits for, just go retire. Just go retire. Like, like, why are you even playing baseball if Austin Hedges, who's like a career like 190 hitter, oh. is pinch hitting for you? Um, but yeah, that that offense, it just – I like some of the pieces they added. Josh Naylor uh, yeah. had a big series. You know, was the, what, the first player to go five for five in his first uh, five playoff plate appearances. Uh, both him and Fran Mil Reyes, guys that they uh, swiped over from San Diego in consecutive years, um, both have tremendous raw power and can have shown the ability to hit for average. I really kind of like what they're building. I think we see a Lindor trade, and they maybe get back a few more pieces and really flesh out that offense. We'll, we'll see, man. I, right now, I'm really done on Cleveland. Right now, I just if you, I mean, if you, you, you trade away your best player, what 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 are you? What good are you? I mean, but I, I don't think Lindor's their best player. <laughs> they, Jose Ramirez. Yeah, I, I think Jose Ramirez will be and has been. I mean, he led the American League in WAR this year. I, yeah. I, a lot of people are going to say Jose Abreu for MVP, but I, I went back and I, I'm looking at Jose Ramirez's numbers, and it was just, it was insane. He was so good, and well, nobody talked about it. Sure. One of the most underrated players in all of baseball. I, I'll give you that, but I mean, 
I'm sorry though, but I mean Ramirez. I like Ramirez. You know, I like Ramirez, but Lindor. That's your superstar right there. That's Mr. Bigger Than Life right there. I think that's. Um, I don't know. I, 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 that that would be my decision. I mean, if that were up to me, I would try to keep both. Yeah. You know, baseball. I, it's much easier for them to keep Jose Ramirez because he signed that real friendly, yeah. uh, five-year, twenty-six million. Oh my Lindor's God, what a steal! And he's got so, club options for twenty-two and twenty-three. Yeah. So. At any rate, uh, that that's Cleveland. That's uh, like I said, kind of disappointed how they turned out. The Twins were also a major disappointment. Basically, anybody in the Midwest was a disappointment this in these playoffs. All I mean, the Central, the, the Central went what zero and seven in not, one not two games. Team. Right now, the uh, the matchups are two American League East teams versus each other, two <laughs> National League East versus each other, and the and the two Western teams also against each other in both leagues. So yeah. Uh, the Central joke, did not have a good week. <laughs> I made a joke in Dong City that that it's something about you know West Coast versus East Coast and uh, Tupac versus Biggie, and <laughs> I didn't realize that that was going to be an actual thing. I didn't think that was going to actually happen, and it's happening. So, uh. I, uh, Twins and Astros, we both had the Twins. Uh, you know, the Astros look kind of beaten up, and they had a you know the rotation looked weak, the bullpen looked weak, everything looked weak against them. And then, like you mentioned before in a past episode, the experience factor was major here. I think as uh, the Twins had just, oh my God, just mental yeah. mistake after mental mistake, and everything. Yeah, that was the series I thought that could have gone either way when I picked. I I wasn't really sure. I thought both teams had a good chance of winning. Um, I thought it was the crazy stat they showed that, you know, Sergio Romo's faced, you know, X amount of players in the playoffs and has never had a walk to bring somebody in or something crazy like that. And, you know, someone that just has such a storied playoff career like Sergio Romo, and even he fell to the the mental errors. And it's really interesting what Minnesota is going to do because you can't just blow it up because you can't win in the playoffs. I mean, you could, but – it's one of those, the process has worked for them the last two, three seasons. It's just not working in the playoffs. So what are they going to do? I mean, that's, that's everybody's answer to every, every problem. Just blow it up. Just blow it up. Everybody wants their teams to rebuild. The Twins and the, the Cubs. You saw the Cubs having meltdowns, the fans having meltdowns in baseball life. Why? <laughs> that's, I mean, extreme circumstances call for extreme, like, rebuilds, right? But it's not, it's not always the right answer. We've seen teams try to rebuild for decades now. The Mariners, the Pirates, the Phillies before they gave up and said, fuck this shit, we're just going to go ahead and sign Bryce Harper. And suddenly <laughs> now they're a playoff contender that could have beaten the Cubs, despite the fact that they have no bullpen whatsoever. Yeah, That's everybody's answer. I had no qualms picking the Marlins against the Cubs, which ended really? up being, you know, like my look at me, I got it right. Because yeah. that offense, I mean, you looked at the Cubs record and you're like, wow, they're a pretty good team. And then you looked at like their one through nine lineup all season. And it's like, guys, a lot of guys had like sub 700 OPSs. Yep. Except Ian Happ. Yeah. Like even Rizzo struggled. Chris Bryan struggled. Javier Baez was one of the worst hitters in baseball. Oh, and yet they, they, they yeah. led the Central. Let me tell you something. This guy right here. Well, because we're gonna, we're 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 we're, we're admitting we were wrong, but this guy right here, he warned you about Chris Bryant, didn't you? Yeah, I, I'm. It's one of those. It could come at any point. I still like Chris Bryant over Javier Baez, but it's one of those. Yeah, Chris Bryant, I'm, I can't touch with a ten foot pole. I like him. I want him to succeed, and he very much well could. 
if he just gets healthy. Cause I, I don't think that shoulder has been right for, you know, three years. Yeah. And until it is, it's, it's no good. It's very, very bad actually. Yeah. And that's been a problem is the injuries and just inconsistent play. And then we, we saw the stat cast numbers and it's all blue. I'm like, Ooh, that's, that's not a, and it, it, it's just gotten progressively worse and worse. <laughs> that's not a premier hitter. I thought to myself and, I mean, I touched them in the new. I think it was in the, in the newbie. That's why I touched them. But I felt like I had a, a good uh, price on him in terms of draft stock. And uh, yeah, he, I, I he, he was either on my bench or on my injured reserve spot uh, or my injured list uh, slot uh, in the newbie league. And I barely won because you know I didn't get anything out of Chris Bryant this year. But anyway, that's that's another story for another time. But um, but no, as I was getting on my little rants here, I mean this. You still have some players on this team, yeah, and you can always count on regression for 2021 full season. I think I saw in Fangraphs that Javier Baez and, and not just Javier Baez, but a, 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 a plethora of players across the league were complaining that they didn't have the video that that was normally available to them in years past. And we saw what Javier Baez can do when he can make in-game adjustments. Uh, um, who the hell? Josh Bell also complained about it. So, and, and we saw how bad Josh Bell got this year until yeah. he kind of redeemed himself in the second. Jay, I want to say yeah. JD Davis said something similar for the Mets. Uh, the fact that they didn't have Chili Davis in the dugout, he worked remotely all season, and mm-hmm. that they couldn't go watch video mid-game. Uh, he said that really threw him off. But uh, just to kind of wrap up my little Cubs snippet, if you ever wondered – how bad Javier Baez could be offensively while still being exactly a league average player. He had a 57 weighted runs created plus this year. (laughs) It was still right at a 0.0 war. So he was replacement level. Um, There was actually only two hitters in all of baseball that had a lower uh, WRC plus than Javier Baez. And that was Eduardo Escobar who, was kind of shockingly bad this year after posting great. No, I, I told you guys not to do I, I still like him. I, no, I, I still not. like him going forward. But, not, not, not. And then Nikki, like over- Nikki Lopez, the little uh, light-hitting, potentially high-batting average guy. He's showed it in the minors, um, but he really struggled for the Royals. I mean, yeah. some guys that were ahead of Javier Baez, uh, Eric Gonzalez, Jonathan Villar, who was terrible. Oh, I'm, Nolan Arenado also um, – I say this for Henry out there. Nolan Arenado had the 11th lowest weighted runs created plus in baseball. <laughs> it was all those uh, American League West ballparks that got to He him. had a 76. Um, and o- Jose Altuve and J.D. Martinez had a 77. So I don't know what to make of this fucking season. Like, sorry, no, part, it, part of my language. It's like so many guys were so bad and some were really good. And I, it, no, I, don't, the, I don't know the, what to make of it. The thing to do here, Sean, is to not panic like these cup fans are doing. I'm sorry. I got to call them out. Oh, blow it all up. No, <laughs> you, you don't want to go full rebuild, not with this team. I understand you got to get rid of Chris Bryant because he's not, he doesn't want to sign with the team. I mean, yes, I think he has Scott Boris as his uh, agent. And Scott Boris, once he gets a vendetta against your team, you're screwed. So, whatever. <laughs> I, I was expecting Bryant to be gone last year, but he's still around and he's not producing. If he can get off to a good April or May, trade his ass right now, like immediately. Don't be like the Nationals and not get anything for Bryce Harper. But in the end, look at that. Look at that team. You know, you know, look at that team. They they stuck to their guns. They could have gone full rebuild after 2018, and they didn't, and they end up winning the championship in 2019. This could be the Cubs. Yeah, I know it's then bad. they go and re-sign 
uh, Steven Strasburg to a $180 million contract. And now he has carpal tunnel. And I, I don't, I've never heard of a pitcher coming, even having carpal tunnel surgery. Like, I feel like that would be pretty dramatic yeah. in terms of, you know, just feeling the ball and getting a good feel, you know, he was saying that he couldn't feel the ball. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's worrisome. That That's what killed Matt Harvey and has continued to kill Matt Harvey was he, he can't feel the ball. He can't spin in it like he used to. But there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of big contract on that team. I mean, it, does, it, it can't stop you from competing. I mean, and, and I know that the nationals did a very good job of developing players. I mean, that's really the difference between the Cubs and the, and the, and the nationals is for some ungodly reason, that minor league system just stopped producing players for the Cubs. And I don't know why, um, mm, it's like they got traded to some other teams. Well, well, I mean, the Nationals traded away prospects too. Come on, guys. They, yeah, <laughs> and they, but they still produce prospects in their minor leagues. It, it's not a barren farm system. I mean, I mean, the Angels are bad every year, and their farm system sucks. So, what is, <laughs> how does that explain anything? So, I mean, the Mariners. What the hell, the Mariners? I mean, the, the Mariners really uh, Jerry Depoto over there wheeling dealing. Has, I mean, uh, at any them... moment, hold on now, Sean. At any moment's notice, Jerry Depoto is going to trade all, the, all those prospects away. Don't be surprised <laughs> if Jerry Kellenick goes away just because Jerry. Oh, Jerry I don't think that's happening. I feel like he's going to get a Evan White contract. He's not going to play a game at AAA, and he's going <laughs> to get a, a damn seven-year, eight-year extension worth like eighty million dollars. I could see it. But I mean, and, and at the same time, at these conversations with the White Sox fans who are now chirping, I'm like, hey, you know, Luis. I mean. Javier Baez is basically Luis Robert. Just be mindful of that. They're the same player. That can happen to your team too. And you know what the funny thing about the White Sox is I pointed out, like all the young players that they that the White Sox fans were bragging about, nowhere to be found. Moncada, down year. And I give Moncada a chance to kind of redeem himself because I know he was struggling with COVID and he never, you know, got his strength back. So I'll, I'll take it easy on Moncada. But Madrigal, you know, we... He didn't really. He, bat, he batted 330. Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking from a fantasy perspective. Oh, okay. Well. Mentally, all I saw was. I mean, that, it, in, a, in a five by five, I still think that Madrigal's, like, people are sleeping on Madrigal because he could, I mean, actually, 340. Let me correct myself. 340, 376 on base. Obviously, only had a 369 slug. That's oh going to be the last God. thing that comes around. But I, I always said that his on base could easily be higher than his slugging in that. You know, he batted, like I think, what, like eighth and ninth a lot in that lineup this year. Yeah. He needs to bat first or second. No, and I mean, I, I would get him on base and in front there. of guys like Tim Anderson. Like a, a one-two of Tim Anderson and Nick Madrigal just like, that seems fun. That's a lot of hit and run. That's a good speed at the top of the lineup. Guys that are going to swing the bat, put the ball in play. I, I think the uh, the White Sox kind of missed a, a big chance there, batting Madrigal higher or even earlier, obviously well, dealt with the injury. You missed big chances all year long, man. I mean, this is why you have to – when you're, your team is going to be this good or supposedly going to be this, this good – An MVP year players. out of Abreu, yeah. It's... You got, I mean, you got a big year out of Abreu when, when we thought he was done. Like, for three years, I thought that this was going to be his, uh, you know, contract riding into the sunset kind of thing. And now you're like, oh, you only gave him three years? What, are you crazy? Well, it's because, you know, they were hoping that Andrew Wong can step up. Like, that's what the White Sox need, another first-base DH uh, <laughs> type of player on this team. Like, they don't have enough of those guys in, on this team already. But, I mean, look Maybe at Maybe Andrew Vaughn can teach Luis Robert how to take a pitch. Or or, or maybe – I'm waiting for Luis Robert to tell y'all Moncada to be a little bit more aggressive. I mean, Jesus, this team. I mean, a lot of potential, but you're seeing what the how bad it can get in a hurry. 
because they're chirping all the Cubs are done. Hey, it can happen to you too. To yeah. you guys as well, to your team. I, I mean, the, the White Sox right now, especially this year, reminded me a lot of the Cubs in 2015. They had a really good regu- regular season and then just kind of fell flat in the postseason. So I, I still like my chances for the White Sox going into next year. I wouldn't be too optimistic. Like, like people are just – I don't like the idea that, oh, well, well this is going to be – this is going to be their down point and it's all uphill from there. I mean, we thought the Indians were done. Like – you talk to White Sox fans this offseason. They did not take Cleveland seriously. They didn't take the Twins seriously. They didn't think that Twins were a real threat. And now look at that. If this weren't an expanded playoffs, the White Sox wouldn't have made the playoffs. And then all comparisons to the 2015 Cubs would have been laughable. Yeah, That's the only way. I mean, let's face it. And the, and the Cubs made it farther than the White Sox could ever imagine this season. In 2015, I'm talking about. I mean, it's just, I don't like these. Like, first of all, the comparisons are off. And number two, all your young players didn't show up. Where's Eloy Jimenez? sprained foot like the, the guy with the two left feet who can't feel left field for to save his life had had sprained feet problems dylan sees yeah. nowhere to be found remember we they won the quintana trade where are your where are these players to get you over that pump i don't want to hear excuses from these from, from anybody <laughs> about this white flex team like the time of strike is always now sean you might not yeah. get this far step, again. step on their throats go that. for it step on the gas step on the gas i mean that's why i was this is all i'm saying if you're rick Hahn, and this is a big criticism of me and rick Hahn. Why did you stop getting players? Why are you depending on Nick Magical to save your season? You can't do that for a rookie. Luis Robert, you saw what happens when you depend on Luis Robert to do everything for you. He struggled mightily in the second half. Nowhere to be found. And then he finally, you know, he got that big home run in, in, uh, against the A's, but it, it, it's not enough. Yeah. Mazzara, where is Mazzara? I mean, I know he hits the ball really hard, but he has nothing to show for it. And then again, another bad outfielder, uh, save for his arm. You know, it's just, I don't know, man. I don't like how Sox fans are kind of lax on this team like and, and not the man anymore. Meanwhile, the Cub fans are asking, it's it's bizarro. Cub fans are asking to become the fucking Marlins. I mean, yeah, the Marlins, right? They, 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 hey, Marlins, they, they're moving on. <laughs> but we've seen what the Marlins are, are, can do, uh, have uh, are capable of doing in terms of just baseball futility. I mean, and look what the Marlins did. They actually went out and got players anyway. Yeah. So uh, it, it's ridiculous. It, it's uh, to me, it's it's ass backwards baseball logic here. But I digress. Uh, <laughs> all right. So let's get to these. Uh, so that's we were wrong. We were right about the Dodgers and Padres. Uh, Sean was right about the Marlins. So I look at. I think I. Oh, and the Rays too. The Rays are a really good team. Yeah. Let's get some predictions out of the way here uh, before we forget. Uh, Rays and Yankees. What do you like? Uh, Rays. I, I think. Going up against the Yankees have a lot of left-handed pitching, especially in that bullpen that they're going to rely on. And the Rays are always going to be a team that um, platoon you to death. Uh, Randy Orozarena's in very small sample size has played great. Yandy Diaz is back. Hunter Renfro. All of these guys that kill left-handed pitching. Manuel Margot. I think the platoon advantage is definitely in the Rays' favor here. Yeah, the only concern I have is the same concern I had against uh, Cleveland is that Again, Yankees, superstar lineup. Everybody's starting to be healthy at the right time. Garrett Cole is a legitimate ace. Uh, but the Rays have three really good starting pitchers. But I, I, it, it's going to be a lot closer than people. Uh, and they could throw Jake from State Farm out of their bullpen, and he would probably <laughs> go like two and a third scoreless with three strikeouts. So. And speaking of bullpen, the Rays are loaded. You know me, I've been bragging about the – I've been uh, pumping up the Rays uh, bullpen for – ages now what, what was the the quote from kevin cash i got a stable full of guys that throw 98 
I love it. I love it. Let's go, Rays. Rays up. Let's let's go. He's he got the horses in the back. He's gonna yeah. ride the old town road and ride them all <laughs> out. Uh, and that used to be the Yankees, right? That used to be the Yankees bullpen. And I don't know what happened to the Yankees bullpen. I think they, you know, too many uh, years of not believe, living up to expectation. Although I saw that our oldest Chapman showed up in the playoffs uh, in the last game against the yeah. Indians. So maybe that's uh, that's a sign of uh, of things to come. But I mean, the Yankees. We used to say the same thing about the Yankees being loaded, and it's not. That has turned to the Rays. Uh, Rays are a very frustrating team in terms of fantasy. And if you're a casual fan, you're definitely not going to know what to make of it. Uh, the Yankees have more known, notable players, but you know, I think the Rays. This is they might set the blueprint up for future baseball roster buildups to come. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it's cheaper. Uh, it seems to be a little bit more. Um, friendlier to not just the team, but the players. And the only thing that sucks is, what do you call it? There's not a regular lineup. Yeah. It's because that's not how, like you mentioned, it's not just a platoon situation, but it's also like, okay, well, this guy, this hitter hits very well against off-speed pitchers. There's an off-speed pitcher up in the mound today. Let's put him in the lineup. Yeah. It's so random and it works so well. My only qualm with them was it's a good 162 game season uh, roster i don't know if it's good enough for a 60 game uh season this roster and it turns out yes they are it could be seven games it could be a 10 game season this is a perfect team for any season yeah uh will they they, they, they mentioned that about the oakland a's on rates and yeah. barrels on a friday as well as like the a's have a great 162 uh type roster you know the yeah perfect platoons they find the right guys and they put them in situations to win but then they get to the playoffs and you know saris was kind of roasting them and it's like sean Manaya is really going to be your game two starter up there pumping 89 mile an hour fastballs shoot. hell he might even be your game one starter shoot me if i'm a race fan just shoot me i mean this is why this, this is what pissed me off look i we both have the white side this was this was a series even with all the injuries this was a series of white sides could have had they yeah. got to lizardo and, and and they got oh my god Liam Hendricks threw fifty pitches in game two god damn it and then came back and was pumping triple digits the next he day he the side I think what? <laughs> what the hell man get that man in a Mets uniform get that man in a Mets uniform give him all the money <laughs> anyway so we both got the raise I'm a little concerned about the Yankees they might show up but I think it's gonna be a good series I, I like be, the chances it should be a five gamer right there this is our two divisional rivals. But uh, yeah, ultimately, we both see the Rays going. What about the Astros and the A's? Uh, I I think I'm going to take the Astros here. I think the Astros are going to bounce back. Um, I think the A's lack of quality starting pitching is going to bite them. And the A's, this is another thing. The A's have a lot of left-handed pitching. That Astros team, for all of their warts this year, guys like Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, uh, Carlos Correa, Guys that usually crush lefties had down years. I think this might be a coming out party for him. I uh, think I, it, it'll I, be a, it'll a big test for Kyle Tucker too. You know he's a left-handed hitter, but he's been that team's best offensive player, and it's going to be up to him really. I, I think they go as far as Tucker goes, and they're going to need innings uh, from guys like Grinky, Arkeedy, uh, McCullers. McCullers has looked really good actually, so I, I think they have the edge all around there. Um, but the bullpen, if, if the A's bullpen has to throw six innings a game, then I think they just might run out of gas. I, I thought this was the weakest uh, division winner uh, when I did the show last Sunday. I believe that this was it right here, uh, the Oakland Athletics. I, I mean, I, I, I thought the AL West was the weakest 
division in the American League, and now they have two teams advancing. But I, you know, there's something to be said about Astros uh, having been there before, right? I yeah, mean, you mentioned it before, and that ultimately beat them. they they overcame a, a better Twins team. You know, they they took advantage. Uh, the, the the Twins couldn't take advantage of a really good start from Kenta Maeda. Framber Valdez came in there and just shut the door down. And if you're going to have that option out of the bullpen again, I mean, the A's are screwed. I just, I don't like the A's. I, the, everything about them just like, yuck. Yeah, I, I feel like this bullpen. could, this is really kind of really pure conjecture. I haven't looked at the numbers, but I feel like this Astros team really, they've always, especially the last few years when they dove into analytics on the pitching side, they spin the ball a lot. And I feel like this A's lineup is not a good breaking ball hitting team. Matt Olson, Mark Canna, all guys I feel like that are, you know, pretty good dead red hitters. Um, but you could throw guys up there like Grinky, Framber Valdez, his curveball is one of the best in baseball. Uh, Ryan Presley, you know, at the back end of the bullpen. These guys really like to spin the ball, and I think that could be another edge towards uh, Houston's uh, versus the A's. Yeah, I have to agree with you in that regard. I just – just up and down, player per player – toe-to-toe, pound-for-pound. I mean, the only thing I like is the Oakland uh, bullpen. They have a really good bullpen. Yeah. That might be a difference maker. That might be enough for the A's to overcome some things. But, number one, they're not pitching in Oakland. I forgot where they are, but they, Oakland doesn't have their home field advantage. Yeah. Uh, in that ballpark, that's huge. Literally, it's a huge ballpark, and pitchers take advantage of it. Uh, where are they playing again? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, it's not in Texas yet. Is it, is it in L.A. somewhere? Oh, Maybe. Right here. Got A-L-D-S. It. In the meantime, uh, while Sean plucks away and looks up that uh, information, we're going to go ahead and move on to the Dodgers and the Padres. Uh, we talked about the Padres a little bit. Uh, Dong City, Vince made a point about how he liked the Cardinals there because they have more experience and the Padres are don't. But, you know, he forgot about Eric Hosmer. He forgot about uh, who else is on that team. Manny Machado having playoff experience. They're, uh, they're playing in – sorry to interrupt – but the AL, AL Division Series will be played in San Diego in Los Angeles, while the NLDS will be taking place in Arlington and Houston. Because that makes sense. The, the like Houston it. team could be playing in Houston, but I digress. <laughs> no, they don't want that. And yeah, so you can, what, so you can have access to the video cameras? I don't think so. Uh, so what? Uh, so where are the Astros and the Ace playing? Are they in Los Angeles or are they um, in San Diego? Does it show? It's one sec. Uh, in the NL, Arlington's hosting the Dodgers. Um, Astros will face the A's at Dodger Stadium. Okay, so another uh, pitcher from pitcher park, park. Yeah, um, and then the Rays will face the Yankees at Petco Park. Oh God, this is going to be weird to watch. <laughs> <laughs> this is this get. Uh, I'm looking I don't forward like to it, man. I'm looking it, forward. It's just to it. it's so weird. I, this 2020 season, I just want to burn it with fire. <laughs> And our buddy Austin, who's an, a big Angels fan out of uh, the Inland Empire, I believe he's from the Inland Empire, just from a little bit that I know of him, uh, says that there's something to be said about the chip on the Astros' yep. shoulder. Again, those intangibles that we talked about, the experience and how you got a pissed off Astros team who doesn't appreciate being questioned. I mean, I'm, I'm ambivalent to it. It's like, whatever. I think it's more of a Major League Baseball issue than Astros' issue. But yeah, you got to agree with that. Yeah. It's still a pretty loaded lineup. Uh, yeah. It's a down year. They they lack pitching depth, but they might be another team that's coming around at the right time. Uh, and they, too, are going to take advantage of the fact that they're pitching out of uh, Dodger Stadium, just like the A's are, uh, which is a, supposed to be a pitcher-friendly ballpark. So, all right, let's move on to, like I said, Dodgers and Padres. Uh, this I got Dodgers. Series. 
You got the what? I got the Dodgers. All right, so do I. Yeah. But I on Dong City, I made the bold prediction that this one will go five games. Uh, I'm not too sure anymore with the Padres' uh, lack of pitching. Uh, that uh, starting pitching, I should say, and you can only rely on the bullpen for so long before they start to wear out. And I don't know what the schedule is going to be like. Are there going to be any days off? I don't know. Does it matter? But Dodgers are just yeah. It's it's a Monday. It's supposed to be Monday through Friday for the ALDSs, no off days. Um, and for the National League DS, it's Tuesday through Saturday, no off days. So. Uh, that this is one thing that the Dodgers it could be you know in this first series they did the piggybacking uh, Julio Urias came in behind I believe Bueller yeah. in the first or second game um, in a five game series will they be able to afford to piggyback two games rather than straight out start somebody like Tony Gonsolin or Dustin May but let's be serious I mean if for the Padres, if Nelson Lamette and Clevenger can't go, I heard Clevenger is on the bubble. He might be able to pitch. Um, but Tony Gonsolin and Dustin May would be like the Padres game one starter right now. And for the Dodgers right now, they're coming out of the bullpen. Dustin May hasn't even been used. He wasn't yeah. used in that uh, wild card round. So um, the Dodgers have the better depth. It's just going to be interesting how they deploy it. I, I think the Padres are just going to run out of pitching. I think that's going to be the the fatal flaw the chink in the armor yeah unfortunately i i, I still believe that this game potentially can go five games but it's going to be a stretch uh dodgers uh what they have in depth and, and talent they they definitely lack uh, a lot of experience from a lot of their pitchers i mean we just, you just mentioned all of them and they're all like very young players who have uh i mean like i said they need to be piggybacked i mean walker bueller needed to be piggybacked at the beginning of the season yeah, I, I, I mean, he only went four innings in this in the wild card round, so that's a lot. I, I, I'll give him credit for going four innings. That's yeah. more than I expected. Good, but you know, that's the thing. We're not ex- the team isn't expecting these young starters to go far in these games anyway. So yeah, so that might be a flaw. But I think, but they also have the depth to, to actually yeah, mitigate it. But at the same time, if they're having to use Tony Gonsolin as a piggyback or Dustin May as a piggyback, that eliminates them for a starter of their own probably. And if they do start their own, then you don't have anybody to be a bolt guy behind that. And then you have guys like Pedro Baez and Adam Kalerik um, that were responsible for the meltdown last year against Washington. And Kenley Jansen is barely, he can barely crack a pane of glass. He's I think averaging like 88, 89 on the cutter. Um, The bullpen so far has been okay, but there's definitely a soft under underside if, you know, Clayton Kershaw doesn't go eight innings or if they don't get eight innings from, you know, a piggyback start. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting how LA pieces it together. But the lineup's too good. The pitching has a lot of depth. I, I like the Dodgers here. Yeah, and they're gonna have to, you're going to really have to depend on that depth to get uh, to get to advance uh, as far as we think they can. I, I don't think it's as guaranteed as many people say, especially baseball. Nothing's guaranteed in baseball. Nope. Anyway. Let's move on to uh, the Marlins and Braves. This might be the the dullest uh, series in here. Like I said, I have no respect for any National League East team or any American League West team. But somebody has to win this game, uh, Sean. Who do you have? I have Atlanta. I, I As much as I want the Marlins to win, they have the better starting pitching, I, I believe. Even Because after with the Braves, after you throw Max Fried and Ian Anderson in the first two games – what the hell are you doing afterwards? Are you bringing Mike Fulton-Evich, who hasn't pitched in, you know, 
a month plus in the big leagues? I don't know. It's it's a tough decision to make. Uh, but the Marlins offense, I just don't think is good enough. And that's going to have Atlanta's already stout bullpen, who I've been low on, uh, but they have performed well. And against a weak offense like the Marlins, I think that bullpen only plays further up. Guys like Will Smith, Chris Martin, and uh, Mark Melanson will probably have their way with a rather timid Marlins lineup. Yeah, I have to agree. I don't believe in this Marlins team whatsoever. I, I, I do, but not yet. I, I think they peaked a little bit, or not, they didn't peak, but they got there a little quicker than anybody realized. And over a full 162 game season, that what offense. Pro- Sean, it's a bunch of scrub and, 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 and waiver wire junk that they got. But their pitching Dickerson? is good. Their pitching is good. I mean, the pitching is good. Fine, I'll give you the pitching, but we all know how pitching goes. I mean, the White Sox have a bunch of uh, young pitchers, and where were they in this series? Yeah. Thank Dunning. I think it was Thank Dunning. Got removed after 15 pitches. Congratulations. Well, it, I, I, I think that was Renteria going. It doesn't he matter. Said, he I mean, said afterward it was going to be a full bullpen game and that Dunning wasn't expected to go longer than like two innings. I mean, if you can't count on Dane Dunning, what good are these young pitchers? I mean, yeah. we, we I mean, we talk about the Atlanta Braves having a bunch of young pitchers and now they're just depending they on two. the last they have two. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Kyle Wright and Ian Anderson, congratulations. You, you used to have like, you used to go deeper than that and all those guys have failed. You could have traded for a more veteran uh, starting pitcher to you. Oh, hey, I don't know. Hey, that's that's why they signed and, Cole Hamels and Felix Hernandez, right? <laughs> nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. I mean, that's not what I'm talking about. You could have made a real splash here, but they didn't because they thought that they had enough young arms. And that's the thing about young arms. They're, they're even more unpredictable than young hitters. Yeah. Like, exponentially. And that's Ta- my only qualm. Talking about the Marlins pitching, though, it's, it's we haven't talked about them too much, and I, I feel kind of remiss that we haven't. But well, you uh, ha- have you watched a lot of – Sixto Sanchez, did you watch his start against uh, Darvish? Uh, did you watch that game at all? No, I, I was uh, at work. I well, out. I just decided to go and I went and looked. I, I knew he had a good changeup, and he's throwing like 100 miles an hour. But he's actually thrown his changeup more than any other pitch, and it is just like really good. He's only given up eight hits, batting average 148, XBA, XBA of only 165, almost a 30% whiff. And he's throwing it 20, 27% of the time. He throws it more than a sinker in his fastball, which is quite interesting. But um, I think they're pitching, and even their bullpen, a lot of people are sleeping on the Marlins bullpen. Uh, Kinsler went out there and throws nothing but sinkers and still gets outs. Uh, Yimmy Garcia, I, I'm still, I think he's going to be a really good closer for like them. Like um, but the, the offense just isn't there yet. I can... I can start to squint and see the core offensively, guys like Garrett Cooper and Brian Anderson. But you can't have Jazz Chisholm and Monte Harrison starting playoff games. They're just too young and too raw. I thought raw. Jazz was starting. I thought Jazz did start a couple of games. Yeah, he, 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 he is, but you can't have him. He just he, The hit tool isn't there yet. He's talented as all get out, but yeah. I, I just – I don't think they're there just yet unless they run out, you know, John birdie and Miguel Rojas and just scrap you to death, which is what they did to the Mets the last few years. I mean, those guys, Miguel Rojas and John birdie have just killed the Mets. Yeah. But um, look at this though. I mean, you you just mentioned a bunch of 30 year olds. I mean, what, what peaked early? This was a, you know what this was, this was lightning in a bottle and 
they took advantage of an expansive playoff uh, year this year. That's all it is. Yeah. In, in a 162 season, the be. offense isn't good enough. The, off, the team falls apart in a 162. But yeah. the I like what I'm seeing from Miami so far. I mean, I'll give you that. The bullpen's pretty tight. It, I mean, it was not elite, but they do have some guys there. Some guys. I mean, it should sound like Dave wants it. They got some guys here. They got some guys. Um, <laughs> but, but no, everything about them, it's like this is – I know there's eight playoff teams this year. Okay, I get it. This is not uh, this. This should not have been a top eight National League team. That's my opinion. That, yeah. this is this is. Scratch. I mean, on, honestly, if the Mets could have just scored runs, because the Mets had a top five offense and no, they didn't score it. runs, and every, everything was set up for the Mets to be in the playoffs, and they just fumbled it away. I mean, it was. No, the Mets have been a major disappointment for me because you know me, I'm a big Mets fan. Yeah. I'm like, when I'm they, they, had, they had five guys in the top like 30 in batting average and WRC plus like well, and, and they couldn't score runs. That's why I was kind of surprised in, in, in the league that we're in the, for the baseball life where there's like nothing but like I think there's five Mets fans in that, in that league. And I end up picking up all the Mets waiver 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 wire fodder like <laughs> Davis, uh, Dominic Smith. I, like I'm King Mets fan at this point. But at any rate, but no, you, it's a blown opportunity for the Mets with I mean. I asked a Mets fan earlier this week, okay, would you who on this Marlins team right now do you take over any of your Mets players? Couldn't give me an answer. Couldn't give uh, me an answer. The, 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 the I, answer. I feel like the only one you could say is Brian Anderson at third base over like JD yeah, Davis. Yeah. But he, but even yeah. then it's like I'm not sure. If, I think JD Davis is a better offensive player, but Brian Anderson's a very, very capable defensive guy. And I think a lot of people are sleeping on him going forward as a centerpiece in that offense. All right, let's move on. So we both got the Braves. Uh, let's uh, lightning round league championship series. Braves or Astros, who do you have? I am going to go Rays. Yeah, ditto. I mean, for all the obvious reasons. Right? Yeah. This is the Astros. Uh, this is where they run out of gas. And the Rays are just, we talked about it already. They're just loaded. Dodgers and Braves, this could be interesting because the Braves lineup is very, very good. Yeah. Uh, is it enough to overcome the, a very deep Dodgers team? I'm going to have to go with the Dodgers. We're going for the <laughs> LA Dodgers on the Chavez Latrine here. <laughs> uh, I used to piss off the Dodgers fans all the time. Well, beautiful Chavez Latrine. All right. And <laughs> so we got what we wanted. We want, I wanted the Andrew Friedman World Series, uh, his former team facing his current team. We're going to do, if Andrew Friedman, and the race make it this far into the World Series. On this show, I'm guaranteeing you that I'm going to be singing that dude's praises every chance I get because you know me, Sean. I love me a good front office executive, and this is the very best in all of baseball. It's going to be the Andrew Friedman show all the freaking time. I'm assuming you're going, you're going to stick with your Dodgers prediction here. What? Yeah, I'm sticking okay. with the Dodgers. I'm sticking with the Dodgers. I, I do. I have to leave you in suspense a little bit there. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so this is our lineup's too good. Lineup is too good. I think this is the year they finally get through. This might go seven games, though. I would yeah, not be surprised. It very well could be. So, I mean, this this should be a good one. I know. I mean, aren't you excited it. to see in a winner go home game for the Rays for them to throw out some random opener like Peter Fairbanks and then follow him with like four innings of. 88 mile an hour sinkers from Josh Fleming. Isn't that just exciting October baseball from the, the Tampa Bay Rays, the number one seed. That's exciting. 
point that out, Sean. Little, little Josh that Fleming out, Sean. with like, his little sports glasses out there. I don't even know what to make of it. But, I mean, Mick Anderson, the former Magic, uh, Orlando Magic uh, shooting guard, is going to be out there, too. Um <laughs> Diego Castillo, you know I'm a big fan of Diego Castillo. Oliver Drake is in this team. I mean, I'm just waiting. Ryan Yarbrough can come in and open for them. But this is this is going to be fun. Like, if you're a diehard baseball fan, this is the series you want. I know it's kind of chalk, number one versus number one. But, I mean, I'm looking. They're number one for a reason. <laughs> a roster for roster, player for player. I mean, they're, they're evenly matched uh, more than the people give them credit for. Yeah. Um, but this should be a fun one. Uh, let's. See, we got some comments here. Uh, they all agree with you. Sixto Sanchez, who was was he a former Phillies player, right? Yeah, he was a uh, the JT Real Mutual trade. And with a lot, of, the word in Phillies land is you know Clintax stepping down. The owner himself even feels like they can't re-sign JT Real Muto. Um, chalk that up as another Marlins trade one, uh, <laughs> because six six years of Sixto Sanchez for a year and a half of JT Real Muto is an absolute steal. Yeah, well, I mean. The problem there is that they went with Bryce Harper. I mean, for good reason. They put all. Yeah. The, I mean, Bryce Harper carried this team and made people believe that they were an actual playoff contender when they aren't. I mean, we've yeah. seen that team. We talked about it here numerous times. Just how weak that team is. I mean, the bullpen alone is just crap and just junk and garbage. It's fun. okay. I'm about to have to spend the next four months fighting Mets fans on why the Mets do not need to sign JT Romuto. It's I. I'm going to be exhausted. It's, why? Uh, why don't you want JT Romuto? Because catchers, especially athletically built catchers, they age like freaking milk. Uh, I went back and I, I did it in baseball life and several other groups. And JT Real Muto, through his age 30 season, is literally Jonathan Lucroy. Jonathan Lucroy was a really good catcher. They had identical, they had 111 OPS pluses through their age 30 seasons. Uh, Real Muto had a little bit more power, but Lucroy had a little bit better plate discipline and got on base more. It, and look what happened to Lucroy. He fell apart. Yeah. JT Real Muto is already dealing with a bad hip and he's dealt with some calf injuries the last two seasons. No, thank you. He's going to win 100 million plus. No, thank you. Okay. That's a little, yeah, 100 million plus. If he gets like a Yasmani Grandel deal, which at this point looks like a, like a, like a, like a nice deal at this point, and if the National League adopts a designated hitter, that might not be so bad. We mm. talk about on this show that maybe we have it wrong. Maybe we we value, we overvalue young catchers, like from a fantasy perspective, but maybe in general terms, we value young catchers at that flame out too quickly. But maybe the real the real success is banking on the 30, 31, 32 year old catchers who've been there before, who can uh, manage the pitching staff and finally find their batting group. Like I, mean, I don't know, Travis I mean, Darno. Buster Posey is was ten times the catcher JT Romuto was in his prime, and even his contract is looking terrible. It's I want the Mets on, I don't want to turn this into a Mets podcast, but it's like, I want the Mets to have a good defensive catcher. JT Real Muto is a good defensive catcher. Don't get me wrong, especially for a converted infielder. He's great behind the plate and he's only gotten better, but you don't need to spend a hundred million plus to get a good defensive catcher. Go out there and trade for Austin Hedges. Hell, I don't care if they uh, run out of Tomas. <laughs> we just roasted him, but he's like Jeff Mathis 2.0. He's a damn wizard. Oh, I don't care if you run Tomas Nito and his revamp swing out there for 90 games. Just You don't need to spend $100 million at catcher. It never works out well. It just does not work. Well, I'm you know the White Sox fan in me is really happy with Yasmani Grandal. You know me. I've been very – I've been a big – But even a, he took a step back. 
I mean, yeah, all, but he also hit a key home run in this in this Oakland series. I mean, he basically it was Jose Abreu and Grandel carrying this White Sox team for the majority of the season. So because all the young players kind of disappear in the second half as well. But I'm happy with Yasmani Grandel. I do that deal over and over again. If it's only four years that you're looking for, that's not too bad. A hundred million just. Yes, but he, 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 I didn't realize he posted a the thirty percent K rate, highest of his career. What Grandel? Yeah, I mean, he still had great you know walk numbers, fifteen plus percent, but. Yes. 0.5 walk per strikeout rate. I mean, yeah. it is what it is. I mean, it's a, it, you know what it is, Sean. I think a lot of the uh, three swinging White Sox players got to him. And he picked up on some of the uh, <laughs> bad habits, or, or, or maybe he, he he spent too much time with Yamankata and was just taking more pitches than he ever took in his life. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, Mitch Garber, but I, I was already down on Mitch Garber. I did not believe in Mitch Garber. I know a lot of people believe in Mitch Garber. I was not one of them, but I get it. I mean, but sometimes you just gotta. Yeah. Otherwise, you're stuck with the same situation that the uh, that the Mets had all season long, with being stuck with a guy like uh, was it Wilson. Yeah, well, well, they had Wilson Ramos. Tomas Nino got COVID, and then they traded for Robinson Trinos. Both guys are under contract. Um, they have team options that can be picked up, but more than likely, both Ramos and Trinos are going to be you know have their options voided and just bought out. I think it for like a grand total of I think three million between the two. Um, I don't know. It. I, I feel like JT Real Muto to the Mets is like there's listen, such a clear path for it, but listen, I, I don't like it. Talk I don't about want it. it. We talked about how good this Mets team is. If if they can go get a, a catcher like JT Real Muto, who's supposed to be number one, even with the injury, even as he's aging. But just because you're a number one catcher doesn't mean you're a good hitter or a good player. Catching is so weak right now. <laughs> but I mean, maybe that's all they need. I mean, this Mets team, there's no excuse for them to not be in the playoffs and for us to be talking about the fucking Marlins. It's no <laughs> excuse. Maybe that's what maybe that's what you need. Maybe you need a good catcher like that to get through the top. This team, I mean, you know me, man. I've been on this Mets train for a while now, and I'm like, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at this Mets lineup right now as we're talking. It's ridiculous that they didn't make it far. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I, it was they were a top five offense. I mean, there's there's no way around it. But it was so crazy that for being a top five offense in terms of, you know, stats and process, that when it came to actual runs scored, they were middle of the pack. It was yeah, just run differential. Yeah. That, that first month, the, uh, the runners in scoring position, it, it just it killed them. All right, let's move on to this thing right here. I have uh, – we might just only get to the hitters anyway. I didn't That's finish fine. the pitchers. But – oops, I got to do this. So – if you guys don't know what this is, this is the uh, uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, win probability. Wins, yeah. Uh, we just lost WPA. I can't see it on your screen anymore. Yeah. Okay. Well, here. Okay. Uh, wait. Oh, yeah. You're right. Sorry about that. I was trying to make this bigger for everybody. That's else. what she said. To see here. <laughs> <laughs> just get that blood flow. Hey, uh, I was I was close. I, I was going to have you let me guess three names for WPA, and Gio Urshela was going to be my number one pick. I was close. Yeah. Uh, so basically, you know, 929, this game one the, the, for the Cleveland Indians, this was their highest WPA producer. Can you explain what WPA is? Well, it is in the, the easiest way. I, I don't want to say it's a clutch factor, but it's, you know, almost like the – 
analytical version of game-winning RBI, except it's like the game-winning play. Or, you know, for a pitcher, I know you don't have the pitchers done, but it's like the pitcher's performance, how much does it increase the probability of their winning? Um, if you did have it done, I'm sure guys like Trevor Bauer uh, probably had a, a great WPA uh, during that game. Uh, Gio Urshela hit that big clutch grand slam off James Karinchak, which made me sad. Um, but, you know... It is what it is. Uh, when he hit that grand slam, the shift in win probability um, is what, you know, if it say it's like 54%, uh, the cha- a change in it, um, that gets attributed to that player. So it's basically how much they influence the outcome of the game. I, I feel like it's a, a good way to describe it. I might be a little off base, but that's how I've always viewed it. You're right. It's a storyline statistic. And people who are into clutch and – and that's why when they when I show them the WPA, they're kind of wait, he didn't do anything. Why did he get the highest WPA in this game? I remember Anthony Rizzo did that one year after going like over four, some crap like that. Uh, but that's because he had like the most important base running uh, positive uh, WPA uh, in that game, and that basically led the the team that, uh, against the Dodgers that one year uh and put him over the top i think he had a ridiculous like 1.19 wpa or some crap like that but that's because he was base running so base yeah. running is also accounted so this accounts for those people who like oh well you know this guy's fast and and, and he can really make a difference in base running this is the stat for you again it's a storyline doesn't tell you how good a player is it just tell you uh the situation it's a situational storyline stat and what better way to pop this open right now than the playoffs where everything gets magnified and you mentioned yeah. Trevor Bauer there he is even though he took the loss. I was, and, I was saying, if you sort it by uh, WPA, he, he's probably number one, right? Ahead uh, of, among pitchers, easily. Yeah, yeah. And probably that, among that, everybody else, and I, I would say him, Freed, and Kershaw. Kershaw yep, Max there you go. Freed, not the problem. Yeah, that was the problem was that, yeah. So we'll no, see if we can get to Just to chirp on. I, I, on, other oh. I didn't get Go ahead, go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, just to kind of harp on the WPA thing. Okay, that's what. Uh, just to harp on the WPA thing was, you know, last year, uh, Wilson Ramos, and I mentioned this once when we reviewed catchers, he actually had, you know, a top 40 WPA higher than guys like George Springer, Josh Donaldson, and uh, Rafael Devers, Tim Anderson, who won the damn batting title. Um, Wilson Ramos had a WPA of over two, which was second on the team behind Pete Alonso. And it was because he had such a great batting average when runners were in scoring position. And then this year it absolutely cratered and he was, you know, one of the worst hitters in baseball. I told you he was an empty batting average guy that last year he just got very fortunate when it came to, you know, coming up with runners on. And then this year he batted, I think he went from three, uh, over 300 with runners in scoring position to under 200 with runners in scoring position this year. So the variable in that, but it's one of those, you know, how much you influence the game. And last year, Wilson Ramos did a very good job of that. Um, a lot of clutch, in air quotes, clutch RBIs uh, get really uh, show up in win probability added. All right, so I'm just going to highlight the 929 games, and I'm going to go 930. That's over first. I go second just really quick. Uh, Josh Naylor, like I think you mentioned, had four hits, two doubles, one home run. Is he worth drafting next year for your outfield? Oh, yeah, 100%. You sure? Yeah. I, I think he's shown enough in the minors. Really good number. Those are skewed. He was terrible in San Diego. He really caught fire that last week 
in Cleveland. I, I think he's a definitely worth a draft pick next year. I'm not sure a very high one, but probably 200 to 300 he's available and he's going to get probably everyday playing time in Cleveland. Yeah, I would take it. Only a point zero nine uh, WPA, or as uh, some of them in the baseball life group like to call it the WEPA, all our Puerto Rican uh, brethren like to call it the WEPA challenge or whatever. Not to be confused with WAP, which is completely something different. <laughs> so, uh, wild ass cool. pitching? Yeah, wild ass pitching. That's another, that's another <laughs> right here, which is not fun. Uh, but as you can see, even though he went, he took four hits, it, 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 they were empty calorie hits. Yeah, so they, they were inconsequential. Yeah, I mean, I think it, he only had one RBI. Uh, uh, or, I, I didn't write it down. Uh, I didn't realize he had a home run that game. But, I, I mean, thought it was just had, a couple of doubles. Yeah, he had three extra base hits, and okay. in, like you said, inconsequential. It didn't help the Indians one way or another. You know what did help? As you can see, he kind of doubled up on Naylor's WPA. Was Glaber Torres two run home run? Is he a bounce back candidate for next year? And do you? I mean, obviously, you can't take him first round, second round, but third round. I I, I don't touch Glaber Torres. Him, Manny Machado. They're guys that I don't care what they do. I'm never drafting them. <laughs> It might be a flaw in me, but I will never draft them. I don't know. I think if if he's there in the third or fourth round, you you gotta pull the trigger. I mean, this is—he's only twenty-four years old, and you know, <laughs> he's seeming to catch some fire uh, late in the year, coming back from injury. So I still believe in Glaber Torres, but yeah, these numbers are are almost Josh Naylor-esque at this point. We we expect better from Glaber Torres. You Nelson, might. I don't. <laughs> Nelson Cruz, the old reliable, uh, the only. Guy that showed up uh, for the Twins got an RBI double in his game on 929. Uh, also I mean, in that game, I believe, was uh, Alex Kirilov's first career hit. Um, shout yeah. out to Alex Kirilov, top prospect for the, the Minnesota Twins. Uh, he's always got a pension. I, I've heard I was doing some digging before his opening start, and they were saying that his exit velocity numbers throughout the minors the last two years have actually been really good aside from his mixed results. And he hit a, a real hard line drive, sinking line drive to right field, real quick bat. I'm not sure. I, I could see the Twins moving on from Nelson Cruz because they just have so many options at DH. Yeah, um, so Nelson Cruz could be finding a new home in uh, 2021. He ended up being their best hitter. Yeah, like the he's been their best hitter for like three years. <laughs> that's inexcusable for the Twins. Come on. I mean, you, you can't rely on a 40-year-old who took enough PEDs to be this relevant still at 40 years old. Come on, guys. But – yeah. What I mean, did Jose Altuve do to have a point three three? You're you're jumping the gun. Last thing about Nelson Cruz, yeah, he ended up being the most important player in this playoff, despite the fact that they did lose the Astros. But it wasn't Nelson Cruz's fault. He showed up. <laughs> now, remember when I told you that it it it's the situation in terms of WPA. It's always a situation. It could be base running. It could be number of base runners, and that's what happened. He got two walks including an rbi walk in a very crucial moment i think he uh, oh okay I think. gotcha um also because he still yeah. doesn't have a base that he went over nine in in the series but he did have an rbi, yeah, but he RBI got on walk base. yeah he got on base and got a very important walk and he might have gotten the game winning uh, rbi walk in that series so his yeah. batting i just don't know his batting at this point right we can assume so <laughs> without the buzzers and Bat- the- batting average is overrated even when you're batting zeros <laughs> yeah. about on base percentage and all that other shit like, oh. but at any rate i mean i think the bases were loaded he took a walk and that was all the difference in game one uh, wasted opportunity for the twins they got a really good start out of uh kenta maeda but unfortunately the astros 
uh, counter with uh, Frambero Valdez, who came out of the bullpen and just marvelously pitched for the Astros. But look at that. This was the highest WPA. Jose Altuve was the most clutch player in this. Uh, That's funny. WPA that is quite funny. In this day. But everything else about him for 2020, just trash. No pun intended. Tr- trash. Trash. You trash. Jake Lamb, I-, I don't even care what he did. The A's just got. He's back from the dead. Shut down by Lucas Giolito, though. So, uh, I mean, these are decent numbers. These other two, the WBA, the Woba numbers, not very good. So, it's mixed back here for Jake Lamb. Do you believe in Jake Lamb still? Uh, he's one of those guys, if any team can turn him around, it would be the Oakland A's. Okay. And, I mean, they picked him off the scrap heap. He was DFA'd by the Arizona Diamondbacks. It was like – when you finally see your, your friend, you know, dump her crappy boyfriend of like 14 years. And it's like, wow, they finally did it. She, she did that thing. And it's like, Arizona was waiting so long on Jake Lamb to come back. And then it was just injury, hip, shoulder, hip, shoulder. And, um, but you know, he might have a home in uh, Oakland. Wow. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on him. You know, you know why I don't like him though, right? He, Cause he's left-handed. <laughs> Yeah, and he strikes out too much too. I mean, well, he gets neutralized by left-handed pitchers. Very yeah, well, he he has severe platoon issues. Yeah, I always like Jake Lamb in Arizona, but I mean, you can't start every day. Then what good are you? I mean, yeah. Ginger done that, no way. Adam Engel, no Eloy Jimenez. That's okay. Adam Engel to the rescue, solo home run and a double. Uh, got the. Uh, I think he was the most important White Sox player in this game, and he was a big uh, reason why they won. Didn't game uh, Yolmer Sanchez have a big game too? I think you're right. I don't he had a, like a home run and a double as well. I believe you're right. Okay. But, uh, I only did one player for each game. For okay. Each team, yeah, that, that's so fine. Yeah. Not enough room there. Yeah. Manuel Margot hit a two-run bomb against the help me out uh, Blue Jays. Uh, Blue Jays. Yeah, that was the ended up being the go-ahead runs. Uh, hit it in like the seventh inning, and then they ended up winning three-one. Once again, Manuel Margot, I I, I don't like him, but when he's deployed in a position that he actually can be successful, you know, against left-handed pitching, yeah. uh, the defense is great. And it's like the Rays are the perfect team because a platoon of him and Kevin Kiermaier in center field, if you combine them into one person, it might be like the best center fielder in baseball. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's it right there. That's the thing. You don't compare the Rays like player for player. You got to do – what uh, their platoons are like yeah. <laughs> the conglomerate, I guess. I'm telling you, man, teams are going to look at this and they're going to want, like, that's what we want. Well, that's what we need. That's what, uh, uh, that's what the Phillies want at this point, right? Like, can we yeah. not spend any more money on these free agents? And can we just like get two scrubs that can give us two good seasons? And anyway, Lourdes Gurriel hit a double of meaning, meaningless double, zero point, 0. 0.07, uh, WPA. So, but, he did have a really good year this year in terms of these numbers. You got nothing to say about Lourdes Gurriel? I, I thought that he would have a better season than Glabar Torres, and everybody laughed at me. <laughs> and um, I'm not going to take my victory lap after 60 games. That's wrong. No, but... just do it, man. No, no, you know what? Because if you were <laughs> – people have been on you because, you know – I like to tease you because you got Fernando Tatis. Like, you overreacted on Fernando Tatis, I think. 
But I'm pretty sure other people are, well, you got Fernando Tatis. But, but, in, the, in, but in that second half, did Tatis not kind of come back down to earth in the second half? Hey, man, regression, man. That's just regression. You know, hey, when you, can't make, con- when you can't make consistent contact, I'm always going to be worried about you. Hey, you still <laughs> up in the playoffs, all right? You, you shut your mouth. You still up in the playoffs. <laughs> but go ahead. Take your victory lap on Lourdes Gurriel right now. Uh, right? Yeah, I, I think that offense is uh, going to be really good for a really long time. Yeah, um, Bichette, Biggio, uh, Gurriel Jr., um, Vladito, I, I feel like is kind of making uh, making some strides forward, but um, Gurriel, I think, is going to be the him and Teoscar Hernandez, like complete afterthoughts in that lineup now, and they're just great. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, Jordan Luplau, game two, two plate appearances, two, and he had a two run double. I think it was a, a pinch hitting that in that one. I think yeah, it was a pinch hit double, RBI double, in like the eighth inning, and it was one of those things. It was everybody on Twitter right in the moment crush sandy alomar uh jr or senior whoever i can't remember but um they're like why would you put jordan luplo in uh against zach Britton, which felt like a good matchup because luplo kills lefties yeah. but it was like common sense that they were going to pull Britton from the game yeah. and um it ended up coming in spades for him i mean he hit that double and went over hicks's head in center field late in the game yeah. uh just wasn't enough to outlast the bronx bombers and that's all because of this guy right here. Uh, two hits, grand slam. He did strike out against twice his former team that. too. That was that was the storyline I liked there. And and that's what the stat is. That's the storyline right there. 0.29. I think that was the highest. That might have been the highest of the day. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, Corey Dickerson. Oh, um, can't believe we don't talk about Corey Dickerson. <laughs> You're just tired of the Marlins, aren't They're you? Not, I mean, you know what the Marlins are? They're everything that Reds fans thought they could be. Uh, for this season, yeah. this 2020 season. That's what they are. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, let's see. Let's move on here. Freddie Freeman. Uh, my only question for you is, is he now the f- best first baseman coming into the 2021 season? Uh, I thought he was this year, so yes. Many people have Pete Alonso. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing was I wasn't going to touch Pete Alonso at a top 30 ADP. I, I had no interest in paying up for that that price, but um, yeah, Freddie Freeman probably going to be your National League MVP, um, and it's going to be funny because you'll probably still be able to get him in the second round, maybe, just mm-hmm. because you know he he's not going to steal bases, and that usually drops people in categories leagues. Even though if he's one of the best hitters um, in baseball. Okay, uh, Jesse Winker uh, breakout. Uh, this season, as you can see from me mm-hmm. highlighting that he's red hot for 2020. I'm, I'm team Winker. Yeah, I, I love Jesse Winker. Uh, hopefully, this this DH thing stays around. Yeah. We talked about Nelson Cruz already. Uh, oops, I can't see. I got a Jesse. Oh, there you are. I can see the little arrow now. Carlos Correa uh, had a big hit. Now I can't see what the hell he did. I had a solo home run in game <laughs> two, and that might have been the difference for the Astros, and they advanced. The Twins did not. Carlos Reyes had a very good high hit rate, or relatively speaking, 41.8. Yep. Everything else sucked about him. Are you high on Correa? I am. I His is also getting staying healthy. It's a lot like Chris Bryant. I think they're very, very talented hitters, best players overall. I would love Carlos Correa in a Mets uniform. I would trade Ahmed Rosario for him in a prospect for Carlos Correa in a in a second. All right, quickly, Matt Olson. I'm a big fan of Matt Olson. Uh, good process, poor results. 
but he did have a big hit. Oh, he walked once. And I'm telling you, this ace team, man, this Oakland ace team, I tell you, man, that one walk was enough to put him at .16. Otherwise, that was just a grueling game to watch as a White Sox fan. But the ace pulled it off. But anyway, we're talking about Matt Olson here. Uh, he came in with high hopes this year. Uh, were you satisfied if you're a Matt Olson uh, owner this year or no? A lot of people, especially like kind of in the industry, were you know Matt Olson fanboys, and it's because he he's always done it. He's done it the last four years, five years, really. He posts some of the best exit velo numbers in the game. It's just the whiffs are still there, and the XBA this year really dropped. It went from two eighty three last year, which was a career high, to two twenty four. It's thirty, and then he posted his, his highest K percentage at thirty percent. Uh, it's very much a a risky profile. Uh, I want to say he, yeah, he he actually had a higher batting average versus lefties this year. Uh, 208, batted only 191 against righties. So he was under 200 for the season. Uh, the power is legit. The defense is great. It's just the batting average, especially in that Oakland ballpark. It's a lot of foul ball space or foul, you know, foul space. So I, I don't know. It's... I like him. I just don't like him in Oakland. All right. Let's move on. Yasmani Grandel. I, I told you about Yasmani Grandel. He hit a big uh, two-run home run and got two walks. Is he now your number two catcher for 20? Yeah. I, he, he, I always ha- I always liked Grandal over Sanchez. Um, while he did have a down year, it wasn't down enough for me to move him uh, anywhere. All right, let's move on. I mean, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm a big yes, Monty Grandel fan. I know, yeah, he's over 30, and that's a big contract. Uh, ooh, Matt Austin has a really good question, but let's get, let's move on here. Corey Seager, a bounce-back year this year, huh? I have never not liked Corey Seager. Uh, top five shortstop, yeah, probably. I, yeah. I would I would do it. I feel like he's going to be a player I have a lot of shares next year. I could see myself reaching for Corey Seager. Uh, the Brewers, did, they didn't do much in this game <sighs> against the Dodgers. He had three singles. Abasal Garcia had three singles that got him the – I think he was the only positive player in terms of WPA in this Yikes. game. Yikes. But there was nothing going for the Dodgers. Uh, how do you like Abasal Garcia next year? You, you uh, I think he's a – is he a free agent? I'm, I'm not I sure. If, if, like he's he, he, really had, he really had a down year. Uh, everybody thought that going to Milwaukee would be good for him, but that Milwaukee offense just couldn't seem to figure it out at all this year. They were worse than the Cubs. Yeah. All right, moving on. Hunter Renfro hit a grand slam. How do you like his prospects for 2021? Well, you see the guy that he was tr- uh, involved with in the trade a couple of slots be- beneath him and Jake Cronenworth. And close your ears, guys, but I think the Rays lost a trade. They gave, oh, no. up, they gave up Tommy Pham and Jake Cronenworth and got back Hunter Renfro and Xavier Edwards, you know, as Blake Snell so eloquently put, some slapdick prospect. Um, and Jake Cronenworth, you know, Felipe's not going to like him because he's left-handed. He's a 26-year-old rookie. Um, but I love me some Jake Cronenworth. I think Hunter Renfro Usually I don't like those guys. is, I don't know, he's such, it's like a Dave, he, he's Dave Kingman. Giant, imposing, big-time yeah. power. Yeah. He just doesn't make the contact necessary. And 
I'm still trying to figure out what the Rays were thinking when they traded for him. I mean, he was a really good yeah. defensive right fielder that last year, and they were kind of going for the the really great defense, but the offense just wasn't there. And I'm not, not sure good. if it ever will be. I'm not sure if the hit tool is good enough. You know what it is, uh, Sean. You know what they wanted. Right? They, like I said, they don't. They they're just uh, what do you call it? They're a versatile team. And you know what they they saw in their lineup was well, we really lack power in the outfield. Let's get a power outfielder. Yeah. And, there it is. Yeah. And he, I mean, he does supply power in this game. You know, yeah. Grand Slam. But we need him to be a little bit more consistent. And, and, and against the lefties that, like I mentioned earlier, the Yankees have a lot of lefties in that bullpen, a couple in the starting rotation. Uh, Hunter Renfro could play a big part, uh, or he could just go 0 for 10 with like seven strikeouts. There's a wide range of outcomes for Hunter Renfro. Uh, I know you like him a lot. I don't. I think he's just a blah. A catcher, but he had two solo home runs in this game. Uh, and Danny he, Jansen season is here. <laughs> he finally arrived. I, uh, <laughs> top ten catcher. Oh God! If he's, a uh, catcher, he's he's one of those where you know catchers take a long time to develop, even after they get they get to the no, major no, leagues. No, no, no. I don't want to hear hey, from you guys. You, you, you guys were thrilling me on this show. So <laughs> you, how, can you pick, how can you pick an old catcher? You, you always go young catchers and develop. This is the problem. Like this is what I was talking about, Sean. If I may go on my little rant here. This is what I'm talking about. This is Set him off, guys. Been, the Jays have been trying to develop. And look at him. This is crap. Absolute crap. But, but you, he finally shows you, up here. You know time. why? Um, I, I think he will. His, his He's done a lot of good work behind the plate that the Blue Jays are really uh, proud of. But um, Alejandro Kirk, the Mexican wonder, is nipping right at his heels. All five foot six and 280 pounds of him. Um, but no, uh, Austin Sparrow, I, I just want him to hear it. Um, I, I, we just talked about Jake Cronenworth, but, uh, yeah, I'm really big on Jake Cronenworth going into next year. He was asking about, you know, second year players, uh, him and Kyle Lewis. I really do think Jake Cronenworth is going to be a really, really good player. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure if he's ever going to be like, you know, the bona fide all-star, but he's going to play multiple positions He's always shown the ability to hit and get on base, walk a good bit. And he is really uh, a stat cast darling. I hate saying it, but that's what he was. So I'm highlighting everything in red right here on my spreadsheet. For those who can't see, I have a spreadsheet here going. Um, he, uh, Austin asked about Kyle Lewis and Jake Cronenworth. But you mentioned that I usually don't like a guy who fits the Jake Cronenworth profile. But I got him on all three of my teams, man. He really saved my season at second base after I kind of ignored it. And my question was, do you think he could crack the top 10 at, at middle infield? Yes, because I see him as a legitimate 15-15 guy. And especially in a categories league, that's super valuable. Especially, he he batted 285, and his XBA was actually 324. So he was had a, a pretty – one of the best expected batting averages in baseball and still batted, you know – underperformed technically so i really like him really do he's one of the few players in baseball who had like a 95th percentile or better uh expected woba and sprint speed and i mean he was just if you go to his stat cast page it's it's out of this world it's crazy uh, uh austin yeah it is insane that's what that's why i was attracted to him that's why i believe in him uh austin also asked about kyle lewis who i kind of was disappointed in in the second portion of this season i i uh, in the newbie league, which I <clears throat> triumphantly won rather easily, I ended up benching <laughs> Kyle Lewis a lot. I, I just couldn't trust him. He just 
he got off to a really good start and he just kind of disappeared. So how do you like Kyle Lewis for next season? Uh, I'm I'm fading him. I liked what he did, um, but I also don't buy it. Uh, he did with slightly less, but and he he walked more, which was good. I think that was what kind of kept him from completely bottoming out. But he still was whiffing a lot. Um, barreled the ball up pretty well. And I think the real fool's gold here is he struggled with fastballs. He whiffed over 30% again against fastballs, batted only 229. And against breaking balls and off speed, um, he whiffed 33% of the time on breaking balls and 58% of the time on off speed pitches, which you would think if you're swinging and missing at that many off speed pitches, what, what's your batting average going to be like? What under 200? He batted 299 and 300 against breaking and off-speed stuff, even though he couldn't make consistent contact. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of people are going to pick Kyle Lewis in like around pick 100 probably, and that's way too high. I mean, I'm probably not picking him at all. All right, let's move on then. We're almost done with the, with the September 30th. I don't know if we can go to October, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, Paul DeYoung, uh, he got an RBI single. Is he a starting shortstop uh, in 12-team leagues next year? Uh, I think just based on his spot in the lineup and his production alone, he's going to have – he's going to probably be towards the back end of that top 12. But sandwiched between, you know, uh, Tommy Edmond, Paul Goldschmidt, I could see them adding another hitter this offseason. Yeah, I, I think just based on that spot in the lineup, uh, Paul DeYoung's a, a top 12 shortstop. Uh, Austin talking trash to me saying that if, uh, <laughs> if he would have won his game, he would have beat me in the final. If, 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 oh my God, you people with your excuses. <laughs> could have, would have, should have. I mean, I could have been, if my players would have showed up, I could have been those other guys in, in the baseball life league. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not bitter about anything. Uh, okay. Uh, Ian Happ, uh, solo home run, the only guy that showed up uh, all season, really, for the Cubs, as we talked about already. Can he repeat his? performance in 2021 do you believe in Ian Happen? uh partially I think he's still going to be good I'm not sure if he's going to be as good as um he was this year he did kind of fall off towards the end because I remember he had a, a thousand OPS plus or OPS for a while and then he ended the season right around 866 I do think he is closer to a 260 hitter than he is you know like a 280 hitter um but I've always liked the plate discipline he's all he's going to walk a good bit I think the strikeouts are going to come with it um He's a good hitter. I don't think he's going to be a great hitter, but he, he's going to be a, a, a very good hitter. I'm not sure how defensively he was or what position he's going to finally no, he stick at. He's pretty bad in center field, uh, but there's really not a lot of you know spots for him to play in the outfield. And, and unfortunately, he's the only option the Cubs have at center field. Yeah, he was in uh, the, yeah, the last two but. years. He's been at plus one outs above average, but in his, his 2018 season, he was minus five. So... Slight improvements, but not going to be a plus out there. Yeah, I always like being half sort of a first round pick. He finally looks like he finally got the at bats that he needed to uh, be consistent. And like it's like you mentioned, he ended up being the Cubs' uh, best hitter. Best hitter I mean, for better. For if, if if you would have told me, and a lot of people, I guess, missed the fact that last year Ian Happ did have an OPS of eight ninety eight. No, no, I, I mean I was high on him late last year. Yeah. I think I picked him up in all my leagues as well, and. uh I didn't draft them, but I somehow he ended up in all my leagues this year, <laughs> in all of them, all three of them. Anyway, Corey Dickerson to finish off this day, whatever day this is. Corey Dickerson, three-run home run. 
despite the fact that he sucks major ass, is he worth drafting next season? Depends on where he goes because he's a free agent now. Um, I could kind of see him going back to Colorado, and if he goes back to Colorado, he's definitely worth drafting. Um, I don't know. It's um, he's a free agent, so it just depends on where he goes. I think that's going to be the the big uh, difference. All right, we October first, Chad Pinder, two run single. No, let's skip. skip no, right, skip, skip, skip. <laughs> I just want to point out that he did have really good stack cast numbers, but he did not produce any. He, he's a platoon guy. I think yeah. they he's kind of like a Jordan Luplo light, crushes lefties, struggles against righties. Yeah. Uh, Nomar Mazzara, two RBI. Well, actually, actually, I was wrong. This year he crushed righties and sucked against lefties. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Nomar Mazzara, two RBI. Will he ever live up to the potential that uh, – I mean, we, we, we talked about him uh, in the spring. Just, just sell the part. bobblehead, Felipe. He, he's done. He's done. Sell, sell the no more Mazzara bobblehead. I'm not selling a bobblehead, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a lot of collections. I don't have a lot of collecting, collector's items, but those bobbleheads, those duplicate bobbleheads, they're staying with me until the day I die. So <laughs> I'll probably be buried with it. They're going to be uh, in Ronald, the will. <laughs> Ronald Acuna. I mean, big game for him in this one. Um is he number one next year? Like, there was arguments this up uh, in 2020 that it's uh, Acuna. No, it's Trout. It's Acuna. Trout. Acuna. Trout. Is he number one without a question for 2021? Uh, some people will pick him number one. A lot of people might be scared after he posted a 250 batting average, which in a Roto League kind of hurts him. But, but, hold me up. He just posted, and a lot of people disagree. He just posted his best offensive season according to WRC+. Plus while striking out 30% of the time and only batting 250. And you know why? Um, I really wish we had Roberto as our producer. That way I could have him cue up the scene from Moneyball where he points at uh, Jonah Hill's character and because he gets on base. He posted a 406 on base percentage, walked over 18, almost 19% of the time. If Ronald Acuna is getting on base 40% of the time, he's going to steal almost 50 bases, I think. Just they let him run, and he's going to have more opportunities to run if he walks. Um, he had a 159 way to runs created plus, was the best he's had since his rookie year, which was 143. People aren't going to realize it because he batted 250, but this was the best we've ever seen Ronald Acuna. Yeah. If anybody's interested to be, and if anybody's interested to be our producer uh, and, and, you know, want to intern for free, let us know. <laughs> um, I want to point out that look at all these scrubs who ended up having the highest WPA. Now, of course, a lot of these are losers. Uh, Pesna Kiora, Freddie Galvis. But yeah, this is that time of year where the scrappy, scrappy player shows up big in these moments. But like, you know, a guy like Freddie Galvis, who I don't want to talk about him. Whatever. Pass, Austin pass. Barnes, <laughs> Austin Barnes is, I, I uh, had him in that big 30 team dynasty league and I handcuffed him and Will Smith together. And Will Smith's offense, I I think uh, is going to be the best hitter in this upcoming series. I think he's going to have the biggest offensive, but Austin Barnes has been really good for them behind the plate. Very so much so team. that they've been having Will Smith DH. Yeah. Oh my God. To keep to keep him in the lineup. Yeah, I saw Austin Barnes was one of the best. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, pitch framers in baseball, and I could see why he's he always has a roster spot anyway. Yep. Keston Hura, uh, he single and struck out like really nothing going here. They, they got dominated. The Brewers got dominated by the Dodgers. That's predicted. I am going uh, to take all of. Taking? I 
am going to take all of the depressed Keston Hero value. Um, all of the guys <laughs> that had down 60 game seasons, Keston Hero, Pete Alonso, I'm going to mop all those guys up. They're going to be on all of my teams. Oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, Javier Baez, Manny Machado, Glaber Torres will never be on my teams. Moving on to Tatis Jr., uh, top five pick next year. He had three. I mean, he showed up big here in this game. Yeah. Uh, oh, he'll be a. I'll bargain you. He's gonna get picked earlier than Christian Yelich in the majority of leagues. I, do I, I think? See. Do I think he should? No, but he will be. Yeah, I mean, we saw uh, that in our draft in the Baseball Life uh, draft. The, I think the top five, top six hitters were all outfielders. Uh, the top six picks were outfielders, I think. And you might see an infielder in Tatis show up. Well, in our league is a, is a keeper, so he's not going to show up in the draft, but. If we were to start over, I think he would be the guy, uh, the one infielder that shows up in the top five. Uh, Colton Wong, two-run home run, four RBI, big game for him. Uh, Colton Wong always seems to get, because I ignore second base, he always seems to get stuck in my on my team as a top 15 second baseman. Is he still a top 15 second baseman despite the awful numbers this year? Uh, probably. And going back, same reason I say the same thing about Paul DeYoung. Um they were adamant about batting him at the top of the lineup or towards the top of the lineup. So probably yes. All right. Uh, Wilson Contreras, uh, whatever. Mix, mix season. I'm going to give him a, a, the red highlight here because these are decent numbers. Uh, yeah. Good uh, good process, cool results. We, we know what he didn't do this year, but all signs point that he's a lot better than his uh, traditional numbers show. But Cup fans are done with him from what the conversations I've gathered from them. Are you still a believer in Wilson Contreras? Uh, I like him. Uh, I wouldn't, I would rather the Mets make a trade for Wilson Contreras than they sign JT Romuto to a hundred million dollar contract. That's fair. Granted, I would rather take a nap in the middle of a beehive than the Mets sign JT Romuto to a hundred million dollar contract. Yeah, you really don't like him. No, uh, Garrett, no, I don't. Garrett Cooper hit a, uh, hit a game winning home run or some shit like He's that. He's a good hitter. He's a good hitter. Twenty-nine-year-old uh, late bloomer, I guess. Suddenly, he's—is he really that old? He's twenty-nine years old. Gosh. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. I... Yeah, tell, me, tell me how this team is better than the Mets. You tell me. So there, there there's uh, Derek Cooper. I really don't care. I don't want to talk about Derek Cooper. Eric Hosmer. Uh, it was kind of fun. I mentioned it that um, he had a two-run double. Hashtag playoff experience. People were sleeping on Eric Hosmer's playoff experience. People were sleeping on Eric Hosmer having a big and ginormous contract. And he shows up big for the Padres in the offseason. Wow, congrats. He finally had a positive war season since signing the contract. Okay, just kidding. I think he had like one. But uh, yeah, Eric Hosmer was really a redemption story. He kind of, the air got taken out of his season when he went on the IL. But if you go to his StatCast page, I mean, he's somebody who could never consistently lift the ball. He he always posted some of the lowest launch angles. In fact, even posting a negative launch angle one or two seasons. Um, but he hit more fly balls. He hit more line drives. He's someone who's always hit the ball hard. And I go back to the last uh, World Baseball Classic. Eric Hosmer was starting a lot of games at first base for Team USA. There's a reason for it. He's a talented ball player. And he was just, you know, one tiny change away from being a good player. And he's still – he's only 30 years old. He feels like he's been around for forever. Uh, Yadier Marlina, uh, their one saving grace for this game. I think he had an RBI single, and that's all he did. Uh, weak year uh, for him. Uh, but, I, yeah, we know what to expect out of Yadier Marlina. So, last 
Oh, that was the last one. Okay. Are we Ta-da. done? Oh, shit, we're done. Uh, and the, the pitches again. No, this is – we talked about these guys already. Trevor Bauer, uh, I mean, seven innings, 12 strikeouts. Where is he playing next year? Do you know? No clue. Angels? Cubs? I, Cubs? I, I, I want to say the Angels, but I'm not – I'm just – I don't know. Will he take – uh, will he take a multi-year deal? I think he'll take a multi-year deal if there's an opt-out after year one. Max Freed, seven innings pitch, five strikers. I mean, look at this. The Braves show up twice here, and I think Luis Castillo shows up somewhere on this list. I can't find him. Yeah, right he's now. um. I, oh, I thought he was just there. Never mind. Oh, there he is. He's, okay, I, I thought it was higher than that. My bad. But I mean, the, 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 the Marlins really lineup is so bad that the, the Braves pitchers. Yeah. The Braves pitchers are going to pitch up because the Marlins lineup is so bad. Clayton Kershaw, eight innings pitch, three hits a lot, 13 strikeouts in a walk. Are the playoff failures over, or is it just that the Brewers were that bad? I, I'm i going to try and avoid the jinx and say that he's still going to suck, but I want him to do really well. <laughs> and that's all. Okay, so you wanted to do some other stuff. Uh, we, we I would like to talk about all these other pitches, but we're running out of time. We do. I joked to Vince that since uh, the Bears don't start until 3 o'clock that I was going to go ahead and do a a two-hour departure than I expected. So (laughs) let's go back to – you wanted to predict – oh, crap, I closed it. That's not the right thing. I have to reopen it. But you wanted to predict uh, who would be the WPA So. What do you got for me? Uh, I was just going to say, like, who do you think in the the next round, which hitter is going to ha- – which hitter or pitcher is going to have the highest WPA? I mean, that's a hard question because I, – I it, It's, it's completely random. Like, I, this is just for fun. Okay. So as long as I don't have to, like, look it up. But, okay. Uh, man, that's a little question right there. I'm just <laughs> I mean, to it's, what, you know, someone from right? Atlanta or somebody from – Oakland. It's like I could see a real clutch home run coming from like Matt Olson. Oh, I don't see it. Or is, see is, it. is it somebody in the San Diego LA? Is it somebody Yankee versus Tampa? <laughs> Yandy uh, Diaz is going to have like another two home run game. Like, except if, if they were playing in Yankee Stadium, I think Yandy Diaz could have a two home run game, <laughs> but they're not. You, you really put me in the spot, but I mean, you're the. You're the one who brought it up. Uh, do you have anybody in mind right now? I, I I mentioned him slightly earlier. I think Will Smith's going to have a huge series. I, I think he's going to be one of the best offensive players of the uh, division series. I think it's going to have to be somebody from the Rays. And I don't know. Willie Adamas, I guess. Oh, it's, it's so random. There you Let's go. go hey, I like it. I like it. That's that's a bold prediction. Well, and by the by, uh, this time next week, we'll see if we were even somewhat close. Do we want to do pitchers too or no? Um, pitchers, I will pick uh, Ryan Presley. I think oh, he's he's gonna get him out of two jams, two huge jams. He's gonna get him out, get huge outs, boost up that whoopa. Uh, I'll go with uh, Ian Anderson. I, I've liked Ian. I, I like Ian Anderson a lot. I just don't like that he's on the wrong team. But we'll go with Ian Anderson. He almost had himself a, a hell of a game. Uh, what was it? He had a WPA of 0.46 against uh, in a pitcher's duel. Yeah, against, against Red, C- so. Cincinnati. 
I can foresee him just embarrassing these young Dodgers pitchers and Dodger fans. How come? How come we don't have anybody young that's like Ian Anderson? What the hell? Are we <laughs> and they avoid and, Tony yeah. Gonsolin, Dustin have... May, and all their other studs. <laughs> well, those guys only go three innings and they come out of the bullpen. Where's our horse? Where's our Ian Anderson? They're gonna ask. I mean, they don't know what you know what it is, Sean. These Dodger fans. These Dodger fans. They piss me off. They don't know how good they have it. They're they spoiled. They They're spoiled. All right. Uh, is this like you want to end it? Now I, I, I think to... we're good. We we went right at an hour and a half almost. So it was back to be back on the podcast right, well, after missing so last much. week. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I, I, uh, it's a lot easier to do a two person podcast uh, than a one person podcast. That's for sure. Um, but uh, that good to have you back. Uh, it was a fun show. We covered a lot, and this is how, this is how it's going to be for the rest of the uh, the off season, guys. It's not just fantasy baseball. We, we, we evaluate players from, you know, you know what it is, Sean? It's like we play fantasy baseball because we think we could, in some sort of parallel universe, we could run a baseball team, right? <laughs> Isn't course. that what it's all about? It's, it's so easy, so, right? Basically, <laughs> this is the vir- it's the virtual GM of podcasts right here. Oh, I got to mention the other podcast. Uh, Monday night, Dong City. I, I always forget the time slot, but Dong City tomorrow. Uh, Tuesday, The Audible with Matt and Randy. Wednesday, it's the step back with Jacob and Leon Thursday, the pod jobbers, the wrestling podcast. I guess I should also mention these shows, what, what kind of shows they are. So long city's baseball, the audible is a football over at football life. Wednesday. It's the step back. The, the, the basketball group ball is life. The wrestling group has their podcast on Thursday nights, the pod jobbers podcast, Friday football life, the audible again, double duty. And then your podcast week starts with us Sunday mornings right here. Sean and I at the total basis podcast. Yes, sir. Oh, and speaking of uh, virtual general managers, I know I've been slipping on it. Um, had a real busy work month, but I'm looking to wrap up the regular season of our Baseball Life Rockies over that sponsored at uh, Out of the Park Baseball. Um, I'm, I made it through the first half, and I just never got around to doing the second half. Going to probably post a trade deadline uh, poll later today, so be on the lookout for that. Um, Nate Pearson, who we extended to that giant contract has an ERA over six. So, uh, things are looking a little rough in Colorado land, but Hey, we won the title last year. That was our goal. And we already did it in a uh, year two. So just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, good stuff, man. Thanks a lot for that. And, uh, nothing else. We'll see you guys all next week. Thanks a lot. Have a-